Eight o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Drive safe out there today. A little bit slick. If you're getting ready to make your commute to work. It is a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. You could win a bottle of Talon Wine today if you've got something to complain about. We were complaining about what? Why is the four-letter and others going on and on about what Aaron Rodgers is going to do? Or what Tom Brady is going to do? We have mentioned it this morning. But we're not going to spend three hours talking about no, it. We're covering the coverage, which is different. Which is a different thing than us purposely talking about it. And so why, with we have Divisional Weekend coming up, lots of great storylines, classic rivalry resumes with the Cowboys and the 49ers in the playoffs, lots of, lots of great stories this weekend. Why do we care about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, who's trying to decide what he wants to do? From Larry from Clifton today. I wish Rodgers would do a discount double check his ego and retire. Then for Brady, leaves so the NFL could go past him too. I agree with Buckeye and you as well, Jim. Need to talk about eight quarterbacks playing this weekend. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate that. One from RJ and Delta. Jim, do you really even want Sean Payton as your head coach? He rubs me the wrong way at times. He always gives he always gave up on the Saints after Drew Brees retired, and Sean realized he didn't have a great replacement quarterback to guide the team. I say let other teams take him and stay even keeled with Dan Quinn as a choice if he interviews well. They originally had a chance at Quinn, and now it's time to make it right. Thank you. RJ listening in Delta, 102.1 today. All right, it's 8.02, and this hour is the Country Financial Hour. Preston Lee believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right. Talk a little wrestling this hour. Time to uh, talk about a team that is off to a sensational start this season as we start to get ready for regionals and state. And we talk a little warrior wrestling with Central Head Coach Clint Trujillo. Central Warrior Sports on the Jim Davis Show. And Clint Trujillo is brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Central coach Clint Trujillo, number seven team right now in the wrestling rankings, joins us. Good morning, Clint. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing fine. We appreciate the time as always. Now you got uh, Grand Junction coming up tonight at uh, 6 o'clock at your place, and we'll talk about the Tigers in just a moment. But uh, your team continues to uh, just do a, a sensational job on the mats. You uh, took home the team title, a couple of champions of the Rodriguez Tournament of Champions at Eagle Crest High School. I know uh, Devin Hickey, uh, Warrior quarterback, but also your 165-pounder, picked up a 10-4 decision over Achilles Evans of Vista Ridge, and then Tyler Zeke. Uh, was a winner of over, over Marcel Gordon of Eagle Crest in the 190-pound match. Came up with a pin 75 seconds after uh, that initial whistle blew. But Hickey and uh, Zeke picking up wins for him in the mats this last weekend. Yeah, it was a pretty neat experience. Um, Eagle Crest was actually beating us uh, in the dual. I mean, in the tournament with you know, there's 28 teams in this tournament, and they were in the lead, and we, we were bouncing back and forth with them throughout the entire tournament. And it came down to those matches at the very end, and it just was fortunate that we uh, met up with them head to head with 
Zeke after Devin put us just a little bit ahead only by a couple points. And um, that matchup right there kind of, their coach came up to me and said, like, hey, you know, whoever wins this is going to win the whole entire tournament. No, no, I don't want to put any pressure on your kid. <laughs> I just started laughing. And, uh, yeah, Tyler really did a great job. And I, the whole entire team did a great job. They stepped up and they're staying aggressive and been a lot of fun. Clint Trejo, coach of the Central Warriors wrestling team, the number seven team in Class 5A right now, uh, joining us today on the Team Sports Network. And you, I mentioned th- those two winning championships, but you had you know 10 other guys place, Clint. Uh, Elijah Hernandez, fourth at 106. J.P. Espinoza, third at 113. William Dean, fourth at 126. I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, maybe those other performances for you just kind of highlight a couple of those other kids that uh, did a really nice job for you on the mats this last weekend. Yeah, like I said, they were all doing a really good job there. Um taking a lot of risks and that's really what I've been stressing with them this year and trying new things because you can't get any better unless you're taking risks and keep trying new things. You can't just keep wrestling the same old way and, uh, getting in, get in a rut. So as I'm taking risks, taking more chances, you know, risk and reward, it's really paying off. Um, I'm really proud of like their, uh, how they're able to handle some adversity too. Um, one of our young men, uh, he got beat at the very beginning of the tournament. We weren't expecting that at all. Uh, he kind of just got caught, and he came back and actually pinned his way all the way back to the third. Um, Hasten did, and um, just you know, with those extra bonus points and the way he didn't let it get him down, it was just really impressive. So we're having a good time, and just got to keep their attitudes going right and keep them caring about each other. Yeah, Hayson Maines, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Clint, uh, battling through the bracket to finish uh, third at 132. And, and look, you win, of course, at the, the Rodriguez tournament. Uh, you also won the Tournament of Champions in Utah the weekend before. So from a team standpoint, and, and I think uh, Hayson Maines, like you said, is a really good example of that, of you need guys to place. And maybe you have a, a bad match like, like, like Hayson did to start at a tournament, but your guys go out and, you know, Nick Matthews fourth at 144 in this last tournament at Eagle Crest, that, that kids are, they kind of know their roles. Some kids know that they're going to have the ability to maybe be a regional champion, maybe contend for a state championship. Other kids, maybe some of the younger wrestlers know, hey, I'm not quite there yet in terms of my technique and, and maybe my, my strength and things like that. But I can, I can place, I can get points for the team. And that's where the, the team aspect of, of wrestling, I think, kind of comes into play, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. As far as the team aspect, um, I even tell them every single day when they come into practice, um, their first goal is to make their team better. Their first goal is to make their their teammates better. So if they're coming in with, let's just say they're not having the best day, uh, maybe they're cutting a little bit of weight, issuing a class, girlfriends or whatever, you know, they can't let that get them down. If they come in there and just with their head down and stuff, they're not making their teammates any better. So my big stress to them this year is, you know, we're caring about each other. It's a great culture. Um, just I'm just keep trying to build that culture in the room and let them realize, like, when they come in trying to get their teammates better, all of us doing that, it makes the entire team just, just explode forward. So they're doing a great job. Central Wrestling Coach Clint Trujillo with us mentioned that uh, your team is ranked seventh right now in Class 5A, at least the last rankings that I saw from 
from on the mat and Tim Yout, uh, Ferdo Monmouth fourth in those rankings. And you know, you've had the chance to score off against Ferdo. You've had great success against the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. And I think it just speaks volumes about here it is, the, the highest classification of wrestling in the state. And there's some outstanding teams, Pomona, Ponderosa, one and two in the state in that last uh, poll from on the mat. But to have the Valley represented by by your team, by by Fruit of Monument, speaks volumes about where where wrestling is in this Valley at this point in time. Oh, I'm very excited about, you know, our Valley and what we're accomplishing. Um, it's not only, you know, obviously the high schools are doing a pretty good job right now. Uh, I feel like I'm we're real far from where our goals are at still. But um, even our Kiwi program is, like right now, we had 85 kids in our room, um, not all at once. We have to split them up in different sessions, but I had to cap it off the past few years. We have over uh, 35 kids on the waiting list to get in our peewee program. And so it not just it's not just a high school. It's trying to build the entire thing from the very top to the bottom and keep it moving forward and keeping everyone on the same page, um, parents, uh, everything. And so this whole valley, too, I know Luke is doing a good job, and I think Tanner and Bill are great coaches as well. Um, the I like I really like seeing the competitiveness in the valley, so it's it's really nice. It's, it's fun. It's really fun. Clint Trejo, coach of the Central Warriors wrestling team, with us today on the Team Sports Network. I started our conversation just briefly mentioning that you have Grand Junction tonight, Tanner Ridgeway, and and the Tigers at your place tonight at six o'clock. Colton Romero for them. Uh, he's uh, had a good year so far at 138. He plays second at the Arvada West Invitational. Picked up a couple of pins there. Uh, should be a, always an entertaining matchup when it's the the uh, the city rivals, Grand Junction and Central, going at it on the mats. Yes, we're, we're really excited about uh, tonight's match. It's our senior night, um, our last home duel. Uh, our boys are really excited. They keep asking me if we can. I mean, they want to get flames they want it to look like a college but <laughs> i'm pretty sure the district wouldn't allow any type of uh you know they want all the bells and whistles smoke machines and this and that but it's it's going to be fun um we're pretty excited to wrestle them uh should be a pretty good duel uh the boys are pretty pumped up and ready to support each other so i'm excited when you look at grand junction i mentioned uh you know, romero for them uh maybe a couple of other uh key weight divisions that uh, you know in, in trying to get that win against Grand Junction tonight. A couple of other uh, challenging uh, weight classes that your guys are going to have tonight. Can you take us through that? Yeah. Um, I really, I mean, I know Murphy pretty well. He's a, he's a really good kid. I uh, enjoy watching him wrestle. Um, I think last time we wrestled him, it, uh, he was actually down at 13s with uh, J.P. Espinoza and we were fortunate to pull out a, off a win there, but since then, I think he's back up at 120s right now. Um, but it's always fun, you know, going against a young man of that caliber. Um, and then at the jackpot duels, of course, uh, 126s, uh, they have pretty strong, athletic young man right there too. And uh, our Tristan Dean, it ended up being a pretty close match uh, at the jackpots. So that should be a pretty uh, entertaining match as well. But, you know, all the matches are going to be fun to watch, and we're ready to go. All right, 6 o'clock tonight at Central High School for that one. And, uh, Buckeye, would you offer your DJing skills to maybe 
you know, play a little music tonight. You know, you know the world of wrestling. I, I have the well, skills. More, I don't have more any professional the, uh, wrestling than obviously high school. Wrestling. I don't have any of the gear. You don't. <laughs> okay, we, and with no turnbuckles, I get thrown off a little bit. Okay, well. There, there, there'll be no turnbuckles. I'm gonna get there, dumped so. on my head if I go out there. And yes, you absolutely. Really for yeah, yeah. Bre- <laughs> well, we Clint- could, we could give you the uh, um, walkout songs and stuff like that, and then you can DJ and, and do a little bit of announcing if you'd like. There you go. <laughs> See, uh, I'm I'm offering up his services tonight, Glenn. <laughs> Come on, you can do that before you go on your honeymoon. You can do that, right? You got time? <laughs> oh no, yeah, sure, yeah. No response from him, Clint. I'm sorry, I should not have. I shouldn't have I'm offered just up his services. I'm just messing with him. <laughs> hey, Quint, well, it's always a pleasure. Uh, congratulations on what's been certainly a successful season at this point. I know the, the big part is coming up, though, with regionals and state. I appreciate the time. Get out to Central tonight. It's their senior night. Central takes on Grand Junction, 6 o'clock at Central High School. Appreciate it. Thanks, Clint. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right. Take care. Clint Trujillo. You didn't like me offering up your services, did you? you yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> Well, he seems so willing to play all this, you know, wrestling drops, and I thought, well, maybe you would want to go out and play some music for them. I mean, I don't it's know not, if they really get down with my style of music. Okay. Well, they just might. Yeah, it, maybe. Who know. knows? Yeah, you never. They know. just might really like it. I'm just thought it'd be a nice, nice thing to do tonight. But okay, they're going to have a great time. It'll be a much a better great, time without me. It'll be a great matchup. Central taking on Grand Junction on the math. We're going to talk with uh, District 51 Phoenix girls wrestling coach Chad Dare coming up at 920 this morning. And uh, Cody York, Mile High Sports uh, Radio, is going to join us in just a few minutes. So where things stand right now, Broncos interviewed Sean Payton yesterday and uh, also Raheem Morris, former Tampa Bay Bucks head coach, current L.A. Rams defensive coordinator. So uh, Greg Penner and George Payton and uh, that group went out to L.A. to conduct those interviews. So according to uh, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, the Arizona Cardinals have requested an interview Broncos defensive coordinator Ajira Vero for their head coaching job. He's interviewed with the Broncos, did that early on in the process, the Colts, the Texans, the Panthers, and now the Cardinals. So there's a lot of interest in a Vero. And so he's interviewed for five head coaching vacancies. And if you remember, the Atlanta Falcons asked to interview him for their defensive coordinator position. Broncos said no. So we'll see what happens with a Vero. Does he get a head coach? Do you okay? Do you think he gets a head coaching job? Does somebody decide from what? What he's done. Look, and I like Ajiro Vero. I do. This round, I don't think so. But I just don't. He's been a DC one season. Vance I just, Joseph kind of screwed him, to be honest. Probably, yeah. To, to be to be fair about that, absolutely, he did. They may not know each other at all, but he kind of screwed him. I think a little bit. Like, oh, one year as a DC, and flamed out as a coach. But also, in fairness to Avero, Denver's defense defense finished as a top 10, in some cases top 5 defense in certain categories. Mm-hmm. What did the Dolphins' defense do with Vance Joseph? They, were they weren't very good. Pretty much at the bottom of the league in terms of defensive standings. So there there is a difference there in regard to how Vance Joseph performed 
with his one year as a defensive coordinator and the one year that Ajiro Vero did. Ajiro also had the luxury of having a lot of talent mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, he had a lot of guys he didn't really need to coach up there either. So there's that. It's a double-edged sword. But the players that talk about him, guys like Justin Simmons, have a ton of respect for him. And I just think that I mean, while, this, I mean, we have like Robert who texts in. Robert thinks they need to hire him and hire him now. Right. I, I just, I have a reluctance of a guy that's only been a coordinator for one year in this league. Mm-hmm. That, and if you're Denver, you cannot afford to go for the fourth straight time hiring a guy that's never been a head coach. Right. You cannot, and, and, and no matter how good, how bright of a, of a mind he is, his youth, all these things that are pluses for him. Mm-hmm. If you're Denver, you just can't you you got to be okay with him not being on this team anymore to make the right hire, and I don't think he's the right hire. Right, he is should not be anywhere on the list of people you have to please when you hire your new head coach. If you hire the new head coach because of what the current coordinators are going to think, you're not doing it right, and. I mean, it's heartwarming that all the players seem to like and respect him, but nobody's kicking Vance Joseph in the shins on his way out of the locker room either. You know what I mean? Like, he seemed pretty well-liked. Nathaniel Hackett seemed pretty well-liked. So, I mean, I don't know really what that speaks to his head coaching abilities. You know, if he can do it, he can do it. He may not be liked. He may be loved. And he may not be able to get it done. We don't know yet, and I don't think the Broncos can take that chance. Would you rather hire would you rather hire somebody that's done the job before? Yes. That's taken a team to a Super Bowl. Or at least have they, they have been a head coach in this league, or somebody that's never done that job. Right now, if I'm the Broncos, I want somebody that's been a head coach. Absolutely. I want somebody whether it's taking them to the playoffs, led in the third quarter of the Super Bowl, never gone to the playoffs but has been a head coach before, I'd take that over a fourth straight first-timer. You can't afford to get this wrong Your staff if you're was so bereft of experience last year that your interim coach, after poop canning the head coach, Still had never been a head coach anywhere. I mean, like, your, your your most experienced guys were Dom Capers, who was a consultant. Take that back. Dom Capers, I and, think, was a head coach at one point. <laughs> yes, he was. And Jerry Rosberg, who was never a head ago. coach. <laughs> but those were the guys that were your experienced guys around that staff. I think your fourth most experienced offensive assistant or uh, assistant coach on both sides was Ben Steele. Love Ben. Yeah, Butch Berry had been around for a while. But fourth, not like the yeah. most. You know, right. Ben's been an assistant coach in the league for right. years now. But you had the Dwayne Stukes, first-time special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. Jiro Vero, first-time defensive coordinator. You had Justin Outen, had never been an offensive coordinator before. Right. I mean, you, you had key guys on this team that had never had never been in that position before. All the way up to, I mean, he'd done it for a couple years, but George Payton, never been a GM before. Yep. 
Absolutely. Penners have never owned a football team before. Lot, lots of first-timers here. You listen to some Broncos fans. You've never won anything before. You okay. Know. okay, okay, okay. It's time. Pipe down, sport. Pipe down. Okay? You're doing fine until that moment. My point stands. I, there's a lot of inexperience. You cannot afford to go right. the inexperienced route again. You need somebody this season that has done whatever job you hire them to do before. Exactly. And that's being a head coach. All right, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Something you need to get off your chest today. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. So quick uh, around the NFL. The numbers out for the ABC, ESPN, ESPN2 broadcast of the second ever yeah. Monday Night Football wildcard playoff game. It did all right. Uh, the numbers were 30.6 million. Most watched Disney Company playoff games since 1999 when the games were televised on ABC. A uh, game uh, outperformed last year, that, that game between the, the Cardinals and Rams, by 32%. The actual first ever Monday yes. Night Football playoff game. Why'd you tell us, NFL, that this one is the first one? Why did we listen? Why didn't we go, hey, wait a minute, didn't the, didn't the Cardinals and Rams play on Monday night last year? Isn't there someone in that office specifically with the, yeah, this isn't the first time this ever happened? In, you, realize, you guys realize that, yeah. right? Is there somebody at Elias that does this sort of thing? <laughs> also, the Schwab. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer says that Tua Tonga Viola you know, is going to be their starting quarterback next year. And Greer insists that there's no reason to be any more concerned about Tonga Viola than anybody else. Asked about the concussions that he's had this season. From what our doctors and the consultants we've talked to through the NFLPA, that this is not, that is not a true statement about Tua being more susceptible. Greer said, so for us, I don't think he's any more prone than anyone else. For us, we're just letting the doctors, the medical staff, and the people in that field that know more from everything we've been told, that is not a concern. That somewhat falls into the what did you expect him to say category, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, he's not going to come out there and be like, well, yeah, I mean, we got to put two in bubble wrap because we don't know what happens if he bonks probably, his head into it. Probably door shouldn't be playing anymore, to be yeah. quite honest. I, I mean, what else is he going to say? He's not any more prone than anybody else. Once again, I get back to it's up to the player to make that decision. Right. Damar Hamlin, when that time comes, he has to make the decision of whether he wants to keep playing or not. And that should be his decision and his decision, providing it gets good information right. from from doctors about whether or not it makes sense for him to play again. And the, and there's if, a difference between the player saying, I'm fine, and the doctor saying, no, you're, you're not. not. And if then the going doctor against, says, you know what, if you want to play, you can play, and the player says, I don't feel ready. That's perfectly fine, too. And if you get told by a doctor, I don't think I'd keep playing if I were you. I think I think there there's concerns here about what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And if Tua Tonga Viola decides, I'm going to ignore those concerns, that, that's his choice. That's a decision he has to make with his family about that. Doesn't mean that I agree with it. And as cold and callous as it sounds, whatever happens is on him then. Then, then he's made that decision to, to go down that path. All right, 824. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Mile High Sports Radio's Cody Rourke. It's a wine about a Wednesday with 
Talon Wine on the Jim Davis Show. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. Cody York joins us right now with Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Good morning, Cody. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing well. Doing well, Cody. Uh, we've had a little snow over here. You guys are getting hammered over there, aren't you, on the front range? Uh, you know, like I said, you know, I, we got a decent amount of snow outside, but it's still snowing right now. I don't think it's going to be too bad, though. But then again, you know, it's Denver. I'll actually, you know what? It actually, yeah, it is kind of deep. So, never mind, I lied. <laughs> You're going to go out and build a snowman? Maybe a, a snowman <laughs> of who you think will be the Broncos' next head coach? Will it be a Dan Quinn snowman on your front yard? Oh, probably not. I'm not sure I'm going to do that. I think, you know, anytime it's snowing like this, I usually like to stay inside. I don't blame you. Go out, so I'm just going to do that today. Yeah, just do that. Just stay inside. We'll, we'll talk about who the Broncos might be hiring. They uh, went out to Los Angeles yesterday, Greg Pinner and company, to interview uh, Sean Payton. Also to interview Raheem Morris, current Rams defensive coordinator, former Tampa Bay uh, Bucks head coach. And so with uh, Sean Payton, who was on Colin Cowherd on, on Monday, caught uh, that interview uh, that, that Sean Payton did with Colin Cowherd, he says that the compensation that the, that the Saints want it's it's been pretty much locked in to what what he thinks that they're going to be asking for. Uh, in in terms of of Sean Payton, were things set right now in the the conversation that the Broncos had with Payton yesterday? Do you see? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys, I know you haven't really picked a favorite in this. Where do you see things right now with Sean Payton? Yeah, you know, I think right now with Jim Harbaugh bowing out of it on Monday, I honestly think that. When you look at every candidate, Sean Payton right now seems like the most sense. And, and NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, he does a podcast uh, called The Insiders, and even he indicated that if Sean Payton takes a job, it's looking like Denver will be the place that he goes to more than likely out of any of the other options. Not to mention, you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they just hired a general manager yesterday. Uh, so I, ideally, you know, for a guy like Sean Payton, you know, if there's a place that he's interested in going that doesn't have a GM, you'd think that they'd want to talk with him first, right? Now, George Payton's got a lot of great respect around the NFL, and Sean Payton has acknowledged and recognized that. Um, so I think Denver right now is probably the more appealing position to go to if you're Sean Payton. And the asking price is something that Den- Denver is willing to match. So um, I-, I think right now Sean Payton is the leading favorite. Can you see a Harbaugh-like scenario, though, with Sean Payton, where Payton goes, you know, I like the Fox gig. I like just, you know, going to play golf whenever I want to. I, I love the you know the laid-back life, Manhattan Beach, the new home and everything. He goes, you know what? It's been fun. It's been fun to have, be wanted. But I think I'm just going to sit back and do TV for another year. I mean, I think it's entirely possible. I wouldn't even rule that out at all. Um, I think it's very contingent upon is it the right situation for him to go to? That's what he's looking at, obviously, as the you know as a potential next coach for a team, is the environment in which he's going, going to be conducive to what he wants as a head coach. And I think ultimately that's probably going to be the biggest deciding factor. He is still set to meet with the Carolina Panthers, I think a little bit later this week, I think on Friday, 
The Broncos will meet with Dan Quinn on Friday. So I imagine what we're going to find out, I think we're going to hear the announcement Monday morning, Jim. I think we're going to find out who the next Broncos head coach is going to be. My money would be on Sean Payton. All right. Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio. Also, uh, My Life Sports website, magazine, uh, joins us every Wednesday in the program to talk Broncos and NFL. So, Ajiro Vero, who is uh, interviewed for for several jobs uh, as, as a head coach. Atlanta Falcons want to interview him as a defensive coordinator. Broncos said no. Uh, it's got to be for a head coaching position. What do you think the future might be for Ajiro Avero, Broncos' current defensive coordinator? Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, it's kind of an unknown at this point. You know, part of me... Part of me believes that he won't get a head coaching job in this cycle simply just because he was just a first-year head coach, I mean, defensive coordinator. And, you know, it is kind of a risk for teams to go first-year, you know, going from a guy who's just a first-year D.C. straight to a first-year head coach. Obviously, Brandon Staley, it's worked out well for him, minus the losing in the playoffs. Um, but I think Evro maybe stays on as a D.C. for another year. That would be my estimation. And I do think that Bronco's ownership – has, you know, kind of brought the idea because here's the deal. Broncos defense has been a pretty good unit. Why, you know, when you when you change a coaching staff, you don't want to tear that down. You don't want to reset that foundation that's been there. So Broncos ownership has been kind of putting the bug in the ear that, you know, hey, if, in fact, you are the head coach, would you be opposed to keeping Giro Evero on as the defensive coordinator? Because you don't have to change the Broncos defense much. They've been a pretty good unit. So, um, I think that's the real dilemma as to where things are at. I personally believe that he stays another year um, as a DC. Well, I Sports Radio's Cody Rourke with us today on the Team Sports Network. But so you you really feel like Monday could be the day. Tell me why you're getting yep. that feeling. Uh, you know, it's just the way the wind blows. It's telling me that you know the final interviews will be wrapped up on Friday afternoon, and then. You have time to go back and reset. I don't know if Denver's flying out to uh, to San Francisco to. Well, actually, they may stay out there because D'Amico, they're interviewing D'Amico. Right? They may just right. stay in San Francisco and interview both of them um, in the same area. So, um, I imagine that they're going to conclude that interview, fly back, and then probably you know have a conference on the plane ride back to Denver. Uh, and then I imagine they're you know then at that point. That's where Greg Penner, George Payton, Rob Walton, I mean, they get on the phone with Mickey Loomis, the New Orleans Saints. If that, if Sean Payton is the guy, for example, and that's where they orchestrate and try to negotiate there. So what happens is if they, they do that, and then let's say Sean Payton is the guy. They negotiate with Mickey Loomis. They agree to terms. Then after that, the Broncos can negotiate a contract with Sean Payton. They can't actively do that right now, They especially as they, you know, they had the interview. They can't talk compensation or anything like that. Um, but after a trade happens, if it were Peyton, they would have to be able. They would then be able to do just that. So, um, I think we find out Monday morning press conference either Tuesday or Wednesday. Have you heard anything about the conversation that a Greg Penner and and the ownership group, the, the search committee, if you will, had with Sean Payton yesterday? Is there anything coming out about that and how that went? Because I'm not seeing. I haven't not seen anything really. really. Yeah, we're not like so. I would say George Payton and Rob Walt, uh, Rob Penner, mainly Greg Penner and George Payton. They, uh, it's a very, it's not a. There's not a lot of loose lips going around there um, in Denver. There's a lot of tight knit stuff. They don't want to let too much information get out. And if you remember, like last year when they were doing the head coaching search, they would 
social media account would tweet out, we've wrapped up an interview with so-and-so. They're not doing that this year. Um, they want to keep everything tight-lipped. Uh, it's, it's definitely the preference of Greg Penner. So we'll, we'll see how things go. But from what I do know, the only thing I do know is that they believe that it went well. That's it. <laughs> I guess that's all we need to know at this point yeah. in time. Until I was like, I was like, well, you know, I was like, I could say that. You know, I could say that my interaction with the, you know, the, the, the mailman went well. Like, I, I could say all that sure. stuff. but. Um, who, who knows, like, behind closed doors. I think Sean Payne's been very open in the national media about the process, which I, I think is great for football fans to kind of hear. But it's also, you see it as well. Like, you see Colin Coward even saying, oh, Denver doesn't have a first-round pick. It's like, do, do guys pay attention at Yeah, all? I, I, like, I caught that. I'm going, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah they do. They, they, they got the one from Miami, you know, for the, the trade of uh, Bradley Chubb. Some of these national media guys, they don't pay too much attention to everything, apparently. But um, from what I know is that they really they like they like Sean Payton. Um, things have, like the interview went well. Um, we'll find out a little bit more, I think, a little bit later this week. We probably might find out more after they interview Dan Quinn. Two quick questions for you about this weekend, the divisional round. Number one, where you see the biggest upset occurring. And number two, of the quarterbacks left... Where would you rank Brock Purdy? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, in terms of, like, upset, I feel like the Giants are going to snake the Eagles this weekend. I think that they're going to I, – I, I'm a big believer in the first-round bye curse, which doesn't really, I think, benefit teams outside allowing them to get healthy, but everybody else has been playing, so they're battle-ready. They're battle I think the Giants are going to upset the Eagles this weekend. Um for Brock Purdy, this is a great question. Uh, you know, I'd say statistically, he's probably in the top five in right now out of all those quarterbacks, statistically in terms of efficiency. But that, that's hard to read. I think he's playing really, really well in Kyle Shanahan's system. And I don't see too many flaws in his game. I think that sometimes, he, you know, in this past week against Seattle, I felt like he was definitely a little over-aggressive on some things. Um, but man, I tell you, when he when he gets going and everything is rolling, he is he's actually kind of fun to watch. There's a situation where, heck, you know, they just traded for Trey Lance. I don't even know if Trey Lance is going to be the starter next year with yeah. Brock Purdy, which is wild to think because Mr. Revolving versus you know a uh, top three pick that is crazy. But this, you know, some people have equated this to being like a Tom Brady situation all over again. I can say Brock Purdy just seems to be a really good fit for what Kyle Shanahan tries to do. He's accurate. Uh, he just seems like a, a smart guy. Reads defenses well for a, a guy that's a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I just I I really like Brock Purdy. I'm I'm a big fan of what he's uh, shown us so far, uh, particularly what we've seen obviously in in, in this playoff uh, uh, run for the, the San Francisco 49ers. Read his work uh, and also listen to him. Mile High Sports Radio. You can uh, do both at uh, milehighsports.com. Uh, Cody Rourke joins us every Wednesday. Cody, throw another log in the fire. Stay warm. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks my friend. I appreciate you guys. Go Tigers. All right. Cody Rourke joining us today from snowy Denver. Connor Gay, he's going to join us in a few minutes from Calgary. Avalanche taking on the Flames tonight. Uh, let's quickly jump into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis show on the team. All right, let's lead it off with pull something from the Manning cast the other night, which I just thought was was great. Peyton Manning pulling back the curtain on halftime adjustments. I don't know if you saw this or not, Buckeye. No, I didn't. 
where Eli and Peyton are talking about making halftime adjustments. Peyton goes, you know, I don't know if I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18-year career. I think that's the biggest myth in football, the halftime adjustments. You go in, you use the restroom, eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach says, all right, let's go. You buying that it was always that way for PFM? I don't know what he would have to keep the secret up for. I just, I I feel that a little more goes on. Now, are they rewriting the entire game plan? No. no. But I feel that a little more than that <laughs> goes on there. But maybe for, for just PFM, it was always that easy. Yeah. Just like, okay, let's, let's go get them, boys. Yep. Second down, Michigan co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss placed on leave by the school as university police investigate an alleged crime he committed. University of Michigan police said in a statement Tuesday that they're investigating a report of computer access crimes that occurred at Schembechler Hall during December 21st of the 23rd of last year. Weiss was was taken off the road by the school, has not been in the team facility. Police say it's an active investigation. That multiple outlets reported that Weiss's home was searched January 10th. Neighbors said that the uh, several unmarked cars showed up at Weiss's home in Ann Arbor, what appeared to be a police presence. Keep in mind, school received a notice of allegations from the NCAA were violations the football program committed. Jim Harbaugh is accused of misleading NCAA investigators. Does this come back on Harbaugh? What do you think? As much as I want to say yes, because I hate Jim Harbaugh, I don't I don't know what culpability he has if a coach's house is getting searched. Exactly. That's just me. Uh, third down, Al Michaels and Tony Dungy work together for the first time ever for Saturday's playoff game. I wasn't game. very good. Thumbs up was hearing Al Michaels on a playoff game. The thumbs down was them actually doing the playoff game. A first ever pairing on a playoff game is usually not a good place to test drive two guys together. You know what I mean? Even yeah, two guys that have had probably a little bit of interaction over the years, but not necessarily Maybe. as a as a broadcast team. But as broadcast team, it's a little different. That's that's just I just me. thought Al the, the final call was just didn't seem very locked in to what yeah. was going on. It was it was a huge moment in the game, right? Maybe he was just used to calling dog games, and because <laughs> that's all this he's was going to be Amazon. another one at twenty seven zip. Fourth down, the quarterback sneak push play has a success rate way over 50%. Former Cleveland Browns teammates Mitchell Schwartz and Joe Thomas were on a podcast together and both agree that, A, every coach should do this instead of kicking PATs, and B, the NFL should outlaw the play with that type of success rate. Yes. Because they had a automatic play in the PAT from the 10, and they moved it back to take away the success every single time play. And so maybe they should outlaw it. The quarterback sneak push. I think they should. It's just it's just way too successful. I think until they do, yeah, coaches gonna, should do that. I'm going to do it every single From time. From two yards out instead of kicking a 33-yard field goal for one point? Sure. Why not? Absolutely. All right, it's four down territory. Abs Radio Voice, Connor McGahee, joins us next from Calgary on The Jim Davis Show. Stay by the radio. You are listening to The Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 
Avalanche Hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahey, on the team. Joining us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, he's in Calgary today, Avs and Flames tonight, Connor McGahey. Connor, how you doing, sir? Good morning, Jimmy. I always try and adjust when we come north because the sun doesn't come up till 8.30 in the morning, so like just right now, and I, like you, obviously wake up a lot earlier, and so it's pitch black until 8.30, which is very strange, and uh, thank goodness we live where we do. And no doubt. Yes, in God's country here in the Centennial State. God's sure. country, Colorado. Exactly. Indeed. Ah, yeah, that, that should be our official motto, perhaps. I think that, <laughs> that should be the official motto. It should be. It uh, should be. I, I tell you what, uh, this two-game stretch, the you know the, the thumping, the, the crushing of, of Ottawa, and then, of course, what the Avs did to their old rivals, the, the Red Wings on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, this is a team that, that's kind of starting to get the band back together Starting to get back into that kind of groove that we had, uh, you know, that this team had last year. We watched this team go all the way and win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and it's kind of ironic that uh, we're putting the band back together after the three-two loss versus Chicago, right? Uh, the Blues Brothers theme. Um, but yeah, you, you, it, it's, it's funny because after that game, that was there's always that uh, that marker game where they have to figure out, or it's a turning point for them. I remember last year, it was back-to-back losses uh, in November versus Columbus, at home and then in Columbus. And they were very frustrating for everybody involved, and that's where the ship really turned around for Colorado, because remember last year, they started pretty slow, and then and then finished the first half of the season with 30 wins, 8 losses, and 3 overtime losses, which is just unheard of and ridiculous. Um, but uh, Cagliano, uh, Evan Rodriguez, Kale McCarr—they all said, "Hey, this is this is on us. This isn't on anybody else but us." And they went out and and fixed some small things, and frankly, beat two teams that they should beat, and, and beat them by a lot. And that's what you have to do. I mean, they haven't scored that many goals in back-to-back beatdowns since December eighth and tenth of of last year. Um, they need to sort of continue that tonight because the last eight road games, they only have three goals or fewer at each. So hopefully this is a trend in the right direction. Um, and it's the first game back for Calgary after they were on a five-game road trip. And like Eric Lacroix said on Altitude Television the other day, it, it is a real thing when you come back from a long roadie. The first game back is always a tough one. Hopefully Colorado can take advantage of that tonight. And I think something that, that needs to be acknowledged is the choo-choo trains back on the tracks. Val Nachushkin uh, yeah. being back with the team Monday in that 6-3 win over uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Colorado has won 11 of the 16 games that Nachushkin has played in and yeah. had, a, had a point four shots in his first game of, of this year. And so having Nachushkin back is a, is a big, big addition for this team. Without a doubt. I mean, in... It's, he had an assist in 18 and a half minutes of ice time in his return, which is which is pretty decent. He only played a minute less than Kale McCarr, if you can believe that. Um, first time, how about this, 146 straight games uh, where Kale McCarr played 20 minutes or more before that game on Monday versus Detroit. Um, but for Val Nichushkin, um yeah, this is why I say that he should be a Selkie finalist always because um, – when you have such good defensive instincts and, and frankly, are dominant in the offensive zone with your size and, and your brain and your skill set, um, 
I mean, when you're all over the ice, that's why you should be in that conversation at all times. Kale McCarr's power play goal goes in partly because Val Nachushkin makes a better door than a window, and he's standing right in front, and the puck goes right through the wickets and then under the arm of Ville Husso and in. So um, there's a reason that Val Nachushkin has uh, gained the notoriety that he has over the past couple of years and has been rewarded with the eight-year extension, and he deserves it, and he's one of the greatest contributors that may not always find the score sheet here for Colorado. Yeah, big guy, 6'4", hard to knock him off his spot. I mean, he just yep. he just provides that that physical presence that the Avalanche, you know, they miss when he's not in there. And so to get him back was was absolutely huge for that team on Monday. And look, when it's been, you know, it's the Red Wings rivalry with the Avalanche, it's it's obviously not even close to what it once was. But man, no. it still feels good, doesn't it? When Colorado goes out <laughs> and just smacks the heck out of the Red Wings. It was it, the only disappointing thing was that they did score three goals in that game. But uh, but still, as an Avalanche fan, Connor, it still feels really good when you beat Detroit that bad. Well, and those three goals when we score six, we've all watched two's line of it anyway, and it's like the bonus round. Like, stop sign at three, <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't mean anything. Um, I'm just kidding. Make sure you always stop at the stop sign. Exactly. No uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, and it, it, it made me feel extra good because there's still plenty of Red and white that were in the stands there, and that's one of my big pet peeves. When people move here, they um, I don't I don't necessarily mind if you bring your your childhood fandom with you, but you don't have to to, to dress up in 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 the sweater and and be obnoxious in the stands. So it, it's nice to give those people a nice uh, parting gift, and that's a loss on the way out. Maybe you should root for the Avalanche next time. Try that. Yeah. When was the last time that Detroit won anything? It's been a while. Well. It has been a while, and the Avalanche have now won nine straight games in a row. It's hard to have a rivalry when uh, when uh, Colorado's doing all the winning. And it, and it was strange because in the same broadcast row, we had Adam Foote for Altitude TV, Chris Osgood for Detroit, Eric Lacroix was there as well. Remember, Lacroix and Mart- Martin Lapointe started that second pro in 1998, I believe. That was the Mike Vernon fight. Um, but they're all, you know talking and, and, and shaking hands, and Alex Tangay was there. He's an assistant coach for Detroit. I felt like we were in a different universe, but uh, we, we kind of are because that, that uh, was a long time ago, that rivalry between the Ads and the Wings. Well, one of the, the new rivals, or newer rivals, if you will, is the team they're playing tonight in Calgary, a team that right now the Avalanche are, are trailing in, in the standings for the playoffs, so this is a, it starts a stretch here, Connor, of very meaningful games for Colorado. Yeah, and they play three games inside the Pacific Division. Colorado, for whatever reason, has struggled against the Pacific. Uh, they're only two, five, and one, um, and this is a, a stretch of three and four nights, which is never easy. Uh, they'll have six more sets of three and four on the schedule after this one. Um, but versus Calgary, um, they sort of got the fuzzy end of the lollipop uh, when they played for the first time here. Remember, they played Chicago for the home opener, and then we had to come here on the second half of a back-to-back. Um, and uh, you could tell that the gas ran out of the tank, and that was a, a tough travel for the Abs because they go up, and then Calgary scores five straight to win five to three. So uh, their only visit will be to Ball Arena in February on the 25th. But, um, you know, Edmonton and Calgary tied for 
well, the same amount of points going into the game last night that, that Edmonton hosted Seattle. Edmonton hosted Seattle, and uh, Edmonton gets the win, so that means that Calgary is the second wild card spot all on, all on their own with 51 points, and the Avalanche just trying to close that gap a little bit. You would have liked Edmonton to not win either, but... Uh, but look, you just uh, you you put your eyes on one target at a time, and that's why you know I, I was on with uh, Sportsnet 960, the fan here in Calgary yesterday, and we were saying, well, we shouldn't have a game that means this much in in January, but we do, and it means a lot for both teams um, because I think uh, Calgary has underperformed a little bit. Um, they're one of the I think they're the only team in the league left. Um, that doesn't have a shutout. I'd have to. I'd have to look at that. But Markstrom has been okay for them. Dan Vladar has been okay. Sorry, there's six teams as I'm looking now. Six teams that have yet to have a shutout this season, and Calgary is one of them. So, goaltending hasn't been great. I mean, they've gotten good performances um, out of a guy like Kadri. He leads the Flames with 17 goals, eight of them on the power play. He's on pace for 31, um, which would be one shy of his, his career best, but. Um, that trade that Calgary did with Florida, um, it, we, we'll talk about it for years to come. One of the biggest trades we've seen in the NHL in a long time. And, uh, you know, Matthew Kachuk is a force, and but there's also a reason that Calgary was willing to trade him to Florida to bring in Jonathan Huberdeau and, and Mackenzie Weger. So uh, this is a titanic matchup in the Western Conference here tonight and uh, should feel like a playoff game at the Saddle Dome. 7.30, Avalanche taking on Calgary tonight. And uh, the missus and I always enjoy when you work in a little pepper, by the way, like you did on, on Monday. That was, she goes, did he just, I go, yes, he just, he's like, she goes, awesome. So, uh, yeah, we, we enjoyed that immensely listening to the, the game on Monday. Hey, Connor, appreciate it. Thank you, man. Have a, have a great call tonight. Thanks, Jimmy. Good to talk to you. See you. Likewise. Take care. All right, Connor McGahee, radio voice of the Avalanche, uh, joining us on the program. Does it uh, every Wednesday. Right here on the Jim Davis Show. All right. So uh, coming up next hour, CSU voice Brian Roth. Also, we will talk with Chad Deer, the coach of the District 51 Phoenix Girls Wrestling Team. This is the Preston Lee at Country Financial Hour. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. So uh, still time to get your wines in today to win that bottle of Talon wine. Text or call us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. That's 970-242-1340. So uh, get those to us today. One of our wines today, why are they talking so much about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? These guys aren't playing this weekend. They're not playing the divisional round. Rodgers didn't even make the playoffs. But playoffs? Yeah. So why are we hearing about these two guys as much as we are? Don't get it. I, I get it to a sense that they're, they're big names, and it moves the needle, but what about all the quarterbacks that are playing this weekend in the divisional round? What about them? Got some thoughts today. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. Hour 3 coming up on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com.